Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, y- y'all have probably seen this on my social media. Uh, if you followed me for any period of time, you probably know that, that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited. So uh, before we get started, let me, let me bring everybody kind of up to speed on my guest, okay? So um, let's go back to, let me, let me reverse the tape here um, to, gosh, 20, 2009, 2010. And Pete, you can probably you can probably verify when this was. Um, my wife and I were stupid enough to run the Nashville Half Marathon, which a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people have heard that story before. But we we were dumb enough to run that mar- half marathon, and it was a disaster. And about a week later, there was several connections that I have made that people have heard about through this podcast um, during that half marathon. And so on social media, I'm watching the floods. It, Pete, was that 2009? That was 2010. 2010. Okay. 2010. So 2010, I'm watching the floods literally in real time on social media, which was one of those moments where like, I think it was one of the first events that I ever watched unfold on social media from Ohio. Um, And so I'm watching this unfold. And what I watched was a church called Cross Point Church that suddenly evolved as the um, hub for for relief efforts. And again, from Ohio, I watched and I said, man, that's really amazing. First of all, what I've always said and what I've always believed is, um, and at that point, I knew something's different here. Um, For a church to be able to be positioned to be the hub for all of the uh, relief efforts in a city means that that church has done their homework. That church has earned the right to be there they couldn't just show up overnight like like because you know the red cross shows up overnight samaritan's purse like there's a lot of places that show up overnight but nobody knows who they are for a church to say we're here what do we need to do and then to be the hub um so so that's dot number one dot number two is i i fell in love with cross point church in that 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 process Uh, the, the fact that they had earned that right so then let's fast forward a little bit further I get let go from corporate America in, in a riff that then that happens. I got six months severance to figure out what I do when I would grow up. <laughs> and and um, for me, what I wanted to do when I grew up was I said, you know what? I want to be a part of that church. And it just so happens that that church was actually had posted a few positions. So I go through the process of interviewing for uh, the multi-church pastor position with Jenny Catron, who's going to be on on Friday. And I can't yeah. wait because I love her dearly. Oh, she's um, amazing. She's amazing. So I interview with Jenny and I meet you and I meet our staff and I get to know your staff. And what's funny is your staff has become friends to me over the years, um, like really, really close. And I'm, I've gotten to know many of them over the years. Um, you know, we're a phone call away from coming to work for Cross Point Church. We're ready to move our family. And you know what? God had other plans. And the day that it happened didn't happen. Um, and again, this is a long story, but please stay with me on this because I, I do want to get to Pete here in a minute. But um, so um, 
we, we, you know, they, you all went a different direction and, and, you know, we all know now looking back that that's probably the best bet. So um, it doesn't happen. I actually, that day it didn't happen. I hang up the phone. I look at my wife and I said, what are we going to do now? Cause we thought we were going to Nashville and um, we go out to the flyer. There's a, there's a flyer in the mail for a new church. That's just starting in Columbus. That looks exactly like cross point. Um, fast forward a little bit. I ended up working for that church for about eight months, had a cup of coffee in ministry, which we'll talk about in a minute and uh, realize a lot of things in my life personally, but um, that season ends and, and we're a little bit scrambling as a family, like, what do we do now? And so all through that time, Crosspoint is online and you're preaching on Sundays and you became um, the church that we went to on Sunday mornings in Columbus online and uh, um, it was just amazing. So I have a lot of connecting points with Crosspoint. I also have some books, and I'm going to put them up. Anybody watching? So there's Plan B and Empty Promises and Let Hope In. So I got three books that, that a certain pastor wrote uh, that, I, that I've, I've held very, very near. And actually, before we get off, I'll, there's two quotes in here I want to go back to. So all that that was a really long introduction let me introduce <laughs> my guest let actually let me let me let my introduce get let me let my guest introduce himself welcome to unscripted please introduce yourself pete wilson uh, i'm so <laughs> glad to be here my name is pete wilson and uh, yes i used to pastor a cross point church and um it's so cool to just hear how our past crossed and i i remember i couldn't tell you the year but I remember, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think there was a Sunday that you came and visited. You guys drove down. I remember chatting with you in the in the lobby. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that, man, I tell you, I have so many incredible memories um, going all the way back. And um, when you interviewed Jenny, you can you can confirm this with her and ask her about 2010 and the floods because she was executive pastor. And I, I think Jenny, uh, Jenny's one of the most phenomenal leaders I've ever had the privilege to work with. And I noticed I didn't say female leaders, just flat out leader. She is right. one of the best leaders I've ever worked with. Um, and uh, wow, th that was a crazy season for us. And we really didn't know what we were doing, to be honest with you. There was a pastor by the name of Dino Rizzo. I don't know if you've heard of Dino or not. He's with the ARC. And he had called me the night all the floods were happening. And he said, what are you guys doing in response? And I was like, to be honest, Dino, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about like flood relief and he said it doesn't matter pete you guys just need to step out step out and say you're doing something and what you're going to see is god's faithfulness and resources will show up and people will get behind you but you got to lead and this goes back to the power it's the first time i ever saw the power of social media in this way but i just tweeted that sunday night floods were happening all day sunday i said hey Tomorrow afternoon at, I can't remember what time, three o'clock, anybody who wants to show up to help start serving, show up. And like a thousand plus people showed up and we were right. like, what? Like, what are we going to do now? But I uh, often think back to Dino Rizzo and him pushing me and just saying, lead, step out. Doesn't matter if you don't know what you're doing, just jump out there and do something. So um, I learned a lot through that. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I watched. So I watched that from Ohio was I see you tweet that. And then I see pictures of people showing up with boats and stuff. And yeah. it was just like, 
again, I, I'll never forget it because I said, that's a church that that's a church, whether it's in Columbus or in Nashville, that's a church I want to be a part of is one that has earned the right to, to be that point person, because that's the church. There's no red tape. There's no government. This, we don't have to ask for that. You just get to go do stuff. And that not to, not to quote Bob Goff, you know, our friend Bob Goff, but, but, just go do stuff, man. Just love yeah. people. And that, that was it. And, and it was impressive to me. So, um, all right. So let's fast forward. Where the heck are you now? Cause, cause I think a lot of us, you know, we, uh, and I, I saw some other people on social media say, Hey, you know, I can't wait. And they're excited and, and people want to see what is Pete Wilson up to now? Yeah. Great question. Uh, up to all kinds of things, to be honest with you. And there's obviously, we can go back if you want, we can talk about, you know, what I've been doing the past four years, but a lot of personal healing, a lot of personal growth during this time. Uh, I needed to step away from ministry for a season. Uh, a lot of years of, of just, you know, uh, giving and going and doing, and I needed to step back and there's some much needed personal growth that needed to happen in my life. And so I'm grateful. I mean, I'm not saying I've arrived because there's plenty of more personal growth that needs to happen, but I'm in a much better place than I was uh, over four years ago now when I stepped down from Crosspoint in complete um, burnout and in a true spiral, I would say, in my personal life and in ministry in general. But uh, yeah, so for years, I kind of did some consulting stuff. I did some marketing stuff, you know, it was fun. But again, for me, my main job during all that time was just healing and growing and trying to figure out who am I outside of ministry. My my identity had become so married to being a pastor that once I was no longer a pastor, I really didn't even know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of work that had to take place there. But uh, about a year ago, I started serving in a church uh, up in Plymouth, Michigan called Northridge Church, and uh, I get to uh, be their teaching pastor there. So I, fl- I still live in Nashville, but I fly up there uh, fairly often to teach there and also kind of lead out their ministries team. It's the first time in my adult life that I've served in a church and not been the senior pastor. I started two churches. My first one was when I was a senior in college. So that's kind of all I'd ever done. And I'm learning so much just being able to serve under somebody else's leadership. It's been so good for me. I love it. I love not having the mantle and the pressure of being that senior pastor. I love support that the senior pastor I serve under Brad Powell is an amazing guy. And he's been so good to me and just really helped me find joy again in ministry and help find restoration for me. He never gave up on me. He's been a friend of mine for years. And um, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to serve under his leadership. And um, it's been really good for me. So I'm, I'm loving that. That's awesome. And you have, and so you have a pretty cool podcast, which, so, I mean, I had to do my homework because it's been, it's been a minute since we, we connected in that lobby. And yeah. then also, you know, there's, there's one other thing that we, we glossed over that I gotta, I gotta mention, not that I'm bragging on myself, but man, I, I, I was in that season. I left ministry myself and I have this whole, I have a three-legged stool analogy uh, when it comes to ministry. And I don't know if we want to go through it on here, but I do believe that, that going into ministry is tough because there's your family, there's your job, and there's, there's, there's um, your faith. Mm. When you go into ministry, I believe that two of those legs become one. 
and that's mm. your job and your faith. And man, it's, it's, you're, you're, you know, I, anyway, that's a whole nother rant for another podcast, but I, 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 I found myself in a season of, of much like you said, I need, I needed healing. I needed, I had to find and figure out what, what just happened because I went from corporate America to working in the church to being out now and, who am I? You know, right. and I think that was right. tough. And and so I drove six hours to a worship night because I saw Cross Point was having a worship night. And again, that was Cross Point for me was some kind of north star that I, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, it's weird. It's yep. I don't know, man. There's there there will forever be a special relationship with me and Nashville and Cross Point and you. And and again, we don't hang out on the weekends, but. I've always felt this this deep connection to all those. And mm. so I got in my car and I drove six hours because I figured nothing better than windshield time and me and God. And I got to figure yeah. this out. Like we got to wrestle a little bit, right? And and then I went down and had worship night and then got in my car and drove home. I got home about three in the morning, uh, back to Columbus. But um, that worship time for me was... Um, that whole 12 hours and then that worship time in between and then some time with some of your staff um, when I, when I arrived was, was special. And um, you know, so all that to say, you start a new podcast. <laughs> it's yes. it's yes. pretty awesome. And so um, that was completely unrelated, but that's welcome to unscripted. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I love it. I love the idea of unscripted. You sound a lot like I do. I'm always, I've got all these different ideas and thoughts and sometimes I'll transition to one and I'm like, how did I get here again? Yeah, we started a, a, a new uh, podcast with my wife's called Good Talk Podcast. And um, yeah, we're just like, I think six weeks into it. So we're not a seasoned expert like you by any means but uh we're having fun we're having a blast with it and uh, we wanted to do she kind of has her own you know ministry stuff and job stuff and i kind of have my thing we're like let's do something where we can like serve together mm-hmm. and so this has been really fun to kind of launch this and, and and just do this together and and honestly it came from um uh, we just live in this great neighborhood here in franklin tennessee we've made some awesome friends and the vast majority of them are not connected to a church at all. Of course now, like how could they be, but they're, they they weren't even before that. Um, And yet they're, they're very interested in spiritual things. And um, it's like, we wanted to start having a conversation together that we would put out there via the podcast, you know, world that could engage them kind of where they're at. And so that's really our goal with this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun just the past few weeks to, to be a part of it. You, you guys are doing awesome. I, I love it. Um, I, oh, I actually, I'm a, I'm a fan. And so where can people find that before I go on another rant? Where can you find that? Yeah, I, I, I think my understanding of all of this is that you can just find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So whether it's Spotify or iTunes or, you know, any of those things, uh, you can, it's the good talk uh, with Pete and Jordan Wilson. Shouldn't be too hard to find in there. Um, so yeah, the, the lessons from the farm episodes, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let me go ahead and recommend those. Cause you said one that, and I was actually out on a walk with my wife the other day and we, we talked a little bit about it because you talked about how, um, well, I, I thought it was hilarious when you talked about the dial up and the zero, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. right. That was pretty funny, but, but also the fact that we pull in our garage and I have a house for my car. You know, and, and so anybody listening to this, please go find that podcast. Please 
hear that episode. I don't remember if it's episode one or episode two of, of Lessons from the Farm, but great stuff about the fact that we, what did you say? Because I tweeted it and I can't remember now. I don't have my phone near me. What, what did you say? We, we, we can't appreciate what we're entitled yeah, you, to. What did you say? I think it was, you can't be grateful for something you feel entitled to. There you go. And that's a big lesson for me. There's so much that I feel entitled to, you know, right. and again, that higher your sense of entitlement, the lower your sense of gratitude in life. And I'm pretty sure I talked about that in the podcast. So I'll just mention it here is uh, I started a gratitude journal. So every morning I'm just, right. the very first thing I do is kind of jotting down the things I'm grateful for. I, I'm blown away with how it's changed my attitude and my perspective throughout my day. It right. really has. And uh, I don't know how long I'll do it, but um, in this season, it's been so helpful to me. And so I, you know, someone that's struggling with perspective and attitude, that might be a good place to start is just jotting down those things that you're grateful for. It's, it's awesome. So, all right, let me, let me go to my torn and tattered, worn okay. out, underlined copy of um, Plan B by Pete Wilson. So that three books, right? Do you have any more than that? Do you have more than three books? I, I, yeah, I do have a fourth one. I'm trying to remember what it is right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we got, got Plan B. Hope in, Plan empty B. Empty promises. Empty promises. And I have a let I have a let hope in T-shirt. Doesn't fit anymore because I COVID happened. And I There's another to- one. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't have many of my books up in my own house, so I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Plan B let's, though. Let's Plan go to B. Plan B. It's my favorite to be, it was my first book. It, it's still my favorite book. I'll be honest though and say, I wish I could rewrite it. Then there's to be like a plan B 2.0. <laughs> plan B. Um, <laughs> but you know, when you write a book uh, with a subtitle, what do you do when God doesn't show up for you in a way that you thought God was going to show up? Right. But you write that before you go through burnout, before you go through depression, before you go through a divorce, uh, before you lose basically everything that you thought was important to you, uh, you'd like to have another shot at rewriting that book, you know, and uh, I, I don't think I'd change a whole lot in it, but I think to the reader, it would feel completely different because they'd be like, oh, okay, it, the, the, the truths of the book are still the same, yeah. but when I wrote that book, I had to tap into everybody else's story. I mean, to be honest, the first 40 years of my life, everything was up and to the right. Everything, like everything I touched for some reason, it seemed to be blessed. It turned to gold, whatever, however, whatever you want to, you know, terminology you want to use. So I had to tap into other people's stories of mm. hurt and loss. I didn't really have too much of my own story at that time. So man, I could go back and there'd be some things I would probably write different, but but yeah, but I don't want to take away from you. You no. had a couple of things in the book. No. So, so do you feel like plan B cursed you? No, not at all. Okay. It, it helped me. I, I think that things, uh, again, I stand by the things that are in the book. The truths in that book are still the same. I think I ended that whole book by talking about, you can't always put a pretty bow on it. There's some things in life that are ugly mm-hmm. and uh, hurt and I, I always think there's a purpose to the pain, um, but you can't always put a pretty bow on it. And, you know, every, not all the stories. And I think this is a temptation. I see this all the time. We fell into this temptation when I was at Cross Point. We love to tell the stories that have the nice, pretty bow at the end. Right. 
uh, we're never afraid of telling somebody's, you know, story as long as we're able to tie the redemption story at the end of, oh, this is how it all worked out. And, right. you know, so-and-so right. got saved and this good came out of this bad. But we're often afraid of telling the stories that are still in transition. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we're all in transition. We yeah. are. We're, we're all in different chapters. And um, so, I, you know, I, I just think that um, the when you get down to just real life and difficult things, and that's what that book was really all about. What, you know, what do you do when you find yourself in a situation where life isn't turning out the way you thought life was going to turn out? Right. How do you respond in those situations? That That's what the book was about. So, no, I don't think it cursed me. I think it... Uh, uh, I was glad to be able to, at certain seasons, lean on some of those different truths that I, I knew I knew that they worked. I knew that it was truth. Um, and I may have avoided it. I may have run from it in certain seasons, but there was certainly a time in my life where I had to lean on those things. And I had to lean on the only thing that wasn't changing my life, which was Jesus. So hmm. very helpful. And that's, and that's awesome. And that was unfortunately a left field question. I hit you with a, I, I threw, you thought you were sitting fastball, I threw your curveball. So uh, no, that's good. one of the things about unscripted and underwritten rule is that um, if there's ever a question I ask you and you, you don't want to or can't or any of those things, you just say pass. And my okay. entire audience understands that no. So okay. But okay. that being said, I think, man, I, I get that. I, I, I really, I, I appreciate what you said because I do think that we want this, I think that's where so many people struggle with their faith. For those of us that, you know, there's that, emo- there's that, there's that immediate um, moment, right? Where, where mm-hmm. someone comes to faith. And I think there's, there's almost an expectation where the rest of my life is going to be unicorns and, and <laughs> bears dipped in honey. And it's yeah. not, uh, you know, right. I mean, it's not, it's not. And, and I think we're going to struggle. And I think for those of us that have are veterans of faith, I think we almost we almost are drawn towards stories of people that still are in that struggle because we understand that struggle. I think anyone that and and man now, now I'm on my own podcast and I can say these things, but I think anybody that says that everything's just awesome is is I'm not sure you've experienced yet what really faith is about because we really got to grind and and I think there's times it's almost like an athlete, right? There's you can be a LeBron James, but there's a lot of steps to be to where LeBron James is. And I think we see that in our faith. We, there's, there's a lot of, we got to grind. And, and there's, there's times when it's not going to be the all-star game and you're not going to be the $98 million contract from Nike. Um, you're going to be in a place where people are going to hate you because you went to Miami. <laughs> yep, that's right. Weird analogy right now, but, but I think that's, that's right. my, I think that's our faith, right? I think, um, so let me ask you this. So, so two, two quotes, um, the first one says, I will abandon my dream, but not my God. Mm-hmm. And this is, I just, I opened this randomly today and looked at my underlines in this book, man, that one hit different Pete. Um, I will abandon my dreams, but not my God. What, like if, if there was ever a 2020 verse, maybe that's it, right? Like yeah. kids, kids are losing their seasons. Um, people are losing their job. We're losing, our, we're losing a lot in 2020 our dreams. I think that's, isn't that fair to say? And so I'm going to my internet pastor now who, who's Pete Wilson. Um, I think, isn't that fair to say we're, that's where we're at in 2020. I'll abandon my dreams, but not my God. I won't lose everything in this. I'm going to lose a lot in this pandemic. I'm not going to lose my God. Is that fair? I think it's very fair. And I, I think it's true. And I think, I think in 
that particular that particular quote was tied to a story about Joseph out of the Old Testament, and you know he went through season after season uh, where things were completely stacked against him. Things he didn't deserve that happened. He was wrongfully accused and thrown into prison. Um, you know, through all of that, I think it would have been easy for him to say, God, are you kidding me? You know, after everything I've done for you, I've been faithful. I've checked off this box, that box. And, um, you know, it, it, now all these things are going to continue to stack up against me. I think it would have been easy for him to, you know, abandon God and keep chasing after his dreams. But he didn't. And he kept his priority god and I, dreams are great i love dreams um i love goals i love chasing after them dreams make lousy gods they just right. do dreams come and go dreams will disappoint you all day long uh but the one thing that will stay constant through it all is god and so that's always tried to be a perspective for me is um chase after god first you know chase after the dream second and, and yeah, you're right in 2020, gosh, yeah, so many dreams are being dashed right now. So if your, your hope and faith were completely wrapped around one of your dreams or one of your goals, it's quite likely that your faith is just a pile right now, right. Uh, because that's, that's where it was, you know, resting on, was trying to rest on that foundation. And that foundation this year has proven to be not worth a lot. I mean, it fell apart for most of us. So right. Yeah, that's a great quote. I hadn't thought about that quote in a long time, but it fits so well with what's going on in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And same chapter, I think maybe the next page over, two pages over. Let me, let me read you one more. Um, when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out, you may think that you're losing control. But the truth is, you never had control in the first place. Mm. The only thing you can control is how you respond to your disappointments and how your unexpected and in your unexpected obstacles, and here obstacles. I'm sorry. And here you have some options, and then you go into some options. So, and that's anybody wants to pick up Plan B and, and read yeah. the rest. I'm, it's a teaser, but I think that's again I, two different pages I flipped to. Those two underlines hit different in 2020, right? That's where we're at. Like, what? I mean, it, wouldn't you agree? I would. That that quote. Uh... That, that's a hard one to hear back because, uh, again, it's when I wrote it, I meant that. It's true. Like the illusion of control is so powerful in your life. And, um, you know, it's, it's addictive. Control is addictive. Mm -hmm. And when I look back and I think about uh, some of my demise in ministry uh, in that particular season when I was at Crosspoint, it probably wrapped around that. You know, I, I think it's hard to not when you're leading a large organization that's growing fast and you're making decisions and all the decisions seem to be going right and they're working out and all the ideas you come up with, like you throw them out there, boom, all these people show up to it. And it's this success and that success, man, success breeds the illusion of control. It just does. Right. right. right? It's, it's only through failure that, most often we're humbled and we begin to realize that we really didn't deserve, you know, so, so many of the different things that happened. So for me, even though I, I knew that as a truth, I still fell prey to that addiction of control mm. of thinking that I had control it was on the other side of me, you know, stepping away from cross points on the other side of divorce is on the other side of all that. 
that I realized actually I couldn't control all these different little aspects of my life. Right. It brought a humility. It brought a surrender um, that I didn't, I didn't willingly walk into, right? This wasn't a surrender like, oh, here, have this. This, yeah. this felt forced upon me uh, through embarrassment, through public failure. Um, you know, it, it was definitely forced upon me, but it was through that. And that's it, probably the only way that I could have been broken and realized that that whole illusion, uh, illusion of control that I had, I had bought into. Well, it, it, well, it was so funny when I opened that because I think that's my, I have two young girls in her high school, one that's in college, a son that's in college, um, you know, all athletes, all, 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 you know, kids that are, used to playing or competing or doing well in school or be seeing their friends. And man, if that's not the truth of 2020 is that we have finally, and I've said that to my wife as well, many times, she, she's the one that has a calendar on this, on the, on the refrigerator. That's got everything, you know, in pencil in different colors for every different kid. And the reality is we have zero control. Like we, we've lost control in 2020, not on our own doing, it's been stripped from us. Um, and if there's one thing we can take away from 2020, it's the fact that we don't have control. And, and that, you know, if we can, if we can, uh, that's why I love that quote. And, and again, I only flipped open to two pages, but I'm telling you, Pete, all three of these books are wore out from me from reading and underlining. And again, just that connecting point for you and I, but um Man, when I when I thought that when I saw that, I'm like, wow, if that's not true this year, I don't know what year it would be true. Yeah. Is we don't have control. And and the reality is that our control lies somewhere else. And right. um, you know, and, and and we're gonna lose we our poor kids have lost so much this year. Um, so much has been canceled, taken away, and every day it's another thing. And I I, I worry about our next so let me ask you this as my internet pastor. Okay. <laughs> um what do you tell this generation of student kid you know that that honestly pete i'm worried about the mental health and wellness of our kids i'm covid's what it is and we can yep. all worry and, and i'm not diminishing covid because if anybody's lost someone from covid i truly am sorry like i hate this pandemic but what i what i worry about for our kids is their mental wellness what do you tell what do you tell our kids yeah i, I think it's a very real struggle you know i have three teenagers college he for the last six years of his life his only dream has been to play college football and to be honest like us the Wilson family we're not the largest people in the world so <laughs> I, I thought his dream was crazy I really did and he flat out worked his tail off through middle school through all of high school every workout they offered him he was there bonus workouts he was like it's all he's wanted for Right. He gets to go, gets accepted at Birmingham Southern to play football, and boom, pandemic hits. Right. And everything he's worked for, they had no season this year. Oh, you know, yeah. it's it's that that was his life. Right. Um, and so, and that's just again, that's a small microcosm of what's happened for lots of kids right. all over the place, whether it's sports or whatever. So I think it is an extremely difficult time. And uh, what I try to help my kids focus on right now is don't get so lasered in on what has been taken away from you. Right. Let's try to get focused on what opportunities this is providing for you. You know, and so for, let's just use my oldest son, Jet, with football, it's, hey, this is a chance for you to get bigger, right? Mm -hmm. To eat more, right. work out more. <laughs> You're going to get an extra year if you want an extra year. 
Yeah. Um, you know, you probably weren't going to play a lot as a freshman anyway. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it, and I know it's not easy to do and it certainly mm -hmm. doesn't fix it or take everything away, but I've had to do that in my own personal life is say, okay, let's focus on wh what we're gaining during this season. Let's focus on, you know, what, what are the good things that are coming out of this? Because it's so easy to focus on all the stuff that's not happening, all the stuff that's being canceled, all the stuff that's being taken away. Right. And right. so, um, that's that's kind of been my little perspective shift during this season. Yeah, well, and I knew I knew my internet pastor would have the answer for me. So well, I don't again. <laughs> probably right. some much better answers out there, but that's mine. No, I think it's a good one. So let me let me ask you one thing, and I know we're running short on time, and I I y'all don't know how much I appreciate uh, Pete Wilson being on with me today. Um, we have several connecting points that none of them are deep connections. So it's not like I've been at your house or for 4th of July, which you never invited me to 4th of July. And I'm, I'm not mad. Oh. I'm also not mad that you didn't hire me. Uh, let, let's just, <laughs> let's identify the media, you know, and I'll tell Jenny that on Friday, like, yeah, yeah. Come on. But no, I'm blaming on her. Was I throwing her under the bus? I could say, no, I wanted Aaron and, and she didn't. And no, I, I honestly do not remember all the details of it, but. Right. And honestly, it's, it's all good. God works in mysterious ways and we're, where we are for a reason. And honestly, when right. I look, you know, when you look back at things, it, it all makes sense. So, but that running up, tell me about dream year. What's happening with yeah. dream year. Yep. So this is something new that uh, I'm really excited about. Like I, I just kept hearing so many people talking about, can't wait for 2020 to be done. Like, just be done with this year, you know? And, and I just, you know, I've listened to people and hear people say that, but I'd start to think, do you really think there's going to be a whole lot different about 2021? Right. I mean, like, other than the calendar turning the page, right. like, if you haven't changed some things about how you're approaching the year, then, you know, I mean, COVID has had a massive impact on all of us, but it also gets blamed for a lot of things that have nothing to do with right. COVID. Right. Um, and so I just started thinking everybody's anticipating next year, but a lot of people aren't changing the way they're approaching the year. And I think the biggest thing that will make 2021 different than 2020 is how people approach their dreams and the goals that they have for next year. Yeah. And so I know for me, almost every dream and every goal that I've ever achieved in my, achieved in my life has been because there was a team of people who came around me, who encouraged me, who held me accountable. I say this all the time, but God has always used community to confront my desire to give up, always. Yeah. And so um, I'm like, I want to, I want to create this thing called Dream Year. I'm going to invite like 20 people to be a part of it, and uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be a mixture of some monthly teachings that'll help people get through a lot of the things that often keep them from reaching their goals and their dreams. But it's also going to be a monthly live coaching call that we're going to do together as a group, a private Facebook page. It, it's all designed around helping people achieve whatever goals and dreams they want to next year. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, I, I've spent a lot of time the last three months kind of designing this course and thinking through what this was going to look look like. And so I'm pretty pumped about it. it anybody that's interested, by the way, you can go to uh, theplaceforgood.com theplaceforgood.com and that's where you can get more information about it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of a small group of people, but I think it's going to be a, a really impactful year for some. I have a feeling it's going to be a larger group than you think. <laughs> Is there a limit on how many people can yeah, be in that? I'm going to limit it to 20 and you know, uh, I, because I, I, for me, the beauty is in the life on life. So I just, um, uh, you know, I, I think for me to, for it to be 
personal and to be able to customize the content as we kind of go through the year and to really, you know, I want to bring in, I'm so lucky here in Nashville to be surrounded by so many gifted and talented people that once I know kind of who's a part of our group, uh, to be able to bring in some experts who live here in the Nashville area to speak directly to kind of their goals yeah. and their dreams. So I really want to make it very personal. So that's why I'm kind of keeping it small. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. So the placeforgood.com is the best place to get more information about that. Well, it just went to 19. It's not 20 because I'm going to sign up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's only 19, 19 spots more. left. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for what you're doing. So, and I'll have all this in my blog post when I post it, because I always say this in case somebody's driving down the road and they're listening and they couldn't scribble it down. Give me all the links. Good talk, right? The, the good yep. talk. The right? Good Talk podcast, podcast. Yeah. And again, you can just on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. And then for a dream year, for more interesting information on that, it's theplaceforgood.com. Placeforgood.com. Brother, I am um, so thankful for you, for, for, for your time that you would come on with me today. I love the background, by the way. The house looks awesome. Thank Before, you. I, I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, I want to talk about the farm, but we can yeah, hear man. a lot about that on the Good Talk podcast, right? Yep. Um, yep. I'm thankful that even though I didn't get hired, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter, Pete. I'm not. Um, <laughs> even though I think like literally there, there's something's magical that happened with Crosspoint. I'm thankful you started Crosspoint. I'm thankful for your staff. Um, they're all friends to me to this day and they've been awesome for me. Just incredible people. And um, yeah, Crosspoint's forever going to place, hold a special place in my heart as well as my family's heart um, for seasons throughout life. And I meant what I said on, on social media. So um, man, I, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to you. And I just want to say thanks to you. Like you're, you're right. You and I have just gotten to know each other kind of over the years, kind of on the surface level. We haven't connected, you know, in a while, but you even me inviting me to be a part of this is, is amazing to me. And I think for anyone and, and whether you live a public life or not, anybody who goes to any kind of public failure, um, I, I think that you have a, a new awareness, a new just gratitude for people who are willing to give you a second chance, mm. people who don't uh, allow your past to truly define you. And I know there's a lot of Christian cliches that we throw around like that, like your past mm. doesn't define you. Well, maybe not to God, but the reality is in the Christian community, they'll remind you of your past real quick. Unfortunately. So mm. uh, unfortunately, right. Right. Uh, and so for me, you know, I think, I think this is the only second podcast I've done in five years and I'm it's not like I'm looking to do a bunch of them, but for you to reach out and just say, Hey, would you, would you like to come on here and, and chat? It means a lot to me. And yeah. I, I appreciate your grace. Uh, I appreciate you not allowing my past uh, to define me. I appreciate just in the way that you've treated me and talked to me today. Uh, I can tell that you feel like God's still working in me and through me. And, um, I, I think for anybody to have hope, they, they really have to believe that their best days are ahead. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. And people like you, Aaron, are helping me believe that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need people in your life who can believe in you, even when you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. So I say all that and say thank you uh, for your grace. Thank you for sharing your platform with me and just allowing me the opportunity to chat with you today. 
Man, it, it's been truly an honor. And um, I, 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 I was a little excited when, when you said, yeah. So, um, because, you know, I, again, I, I, man, we're, we're all jacked up. I mean, I don't, at the end of the day, we, we are. And if, 20, if, if we weren't before 2020, we're even more jacked up now, right? I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, that's, that's right. where life is. And, and um, man, we just, we all need to extend each other some grace and give a little, uh, give each other a little patience. And um, I know that's, like you said, that's cliche and it's, it's, but it's true, man. If if we can't if we can't extend some grace, whether it's race, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, our personal lives, man, we we all need a lot of grace right now. And um, I think God's asking us to give each other some grace, and He's watching. Right. You know, what did you right. do with me? What did you do with the talents I gave you? The two questions He's going to ask us, and especially more, now more than ever before. So, man, you're you're my internet pastor forever. I don't care what you do the rest of your life. You can go into steel work for all I care. <laughs> Pete Wilson will always be my internet pastor. And um, you saw me through some seasons and um, I'm thankful for you for, for, uh, for those days for now, for coming on. Uh, I wish you a very happy holidays, a very Merry Christmas. And thank you so much, Pete. I really Thanks, appreciate dude. it. Merry all Christmas right, to you. Grateful. Talk to you. Thanks. Okay.